Who do you want to be as a leader? What are the blind spots you're missing? If you had a magic wand and you could change anything about your workplace, what would you do with it? These are the kinds of questions we explore on Inspirational Leadership. I'm your host, Kristen Harcourt. I'm a keynote speaker, emotional intelligence coach, and leadership trainer who partners with executives and emerging leaders who want to achieve extraordinary results for themselves and their organizations. You're in the right place if you're ready to cultivate the self-awareness to be the leader you were born to be. Let's go on this journey together. Welcome to Inspirational Leadership. I'm your host, Kristen Harcourt, and I'm excited to have another episode with you today. Today is going to be a solo episode, and I'm going to be talking about the critical role of conscious leadership. So if you've been listening to the podcast for a while, you've definitely heard me talk about conscious leadership before. It's, um, it's something that I've done a lot of work on. I love the book. So the book is called the 15 commitments of conscious leadership and it's by Jim Dethmer, Diana Chapman and Kaylee Wayner Klemp. And they have a group called the conscious leadership group that does a lot of work training, coaching in this area, but essentially conscious leadership is the process by which a leader becomes radically responsible self-aware and focuses on building a culture of we rather than a culture of me. And today I want to talk to you around a model that's used in the conscious leadership that I have found incredibly useful and beneficial for the leaders that I work with. And it's about talking about whether you're above the line or whether you're below the line. So it's locating yourself specifically when you might be having more difficult conversations, when you're engaging with things that are going on in your environment, engaging in things externally, we can come from a place where we're going below the line and, or we can come from a place that we're going above the line, which is the healthy response that we want to have. However, quite often we are going below the line. So what does that mean? So when you're going below the line, it means you are seeing life through the lens of a victim and always being at the effect of life and interpreting it through a to me lens. Whereas when you're above the line, you are viewing through things through the lens of a creator as someone who is able to impact and learn from your environment. So I'm going to go into this model in a little bit more detail. So we're going to start with talking about below the line, uh, because again, we all go below the line. We go below the line a lot. And the goal is to do it less. So noticing those times that you're going below the line and then responding differently. So instead of reacting, being more responsive and going into the by me. So when we go below the line, we are seeing the world as things are happening to me. And when you are in that, that response of to me, it's reactive, it's defensive, and you're recycling drama, you're seeing things from the place of resistance and threats. So I love this model from the conscious leadership group, and they actually get into some of the statements and behaviors and beliefs that are showing up when you're below the line. And again, I'm sure you can relate. I am human, just like you, there are many times that I go below the line. 
but you can see how reactive and how much it is actually taking you away from your power, taking you away from agency. You don't really feel very empowered when you're below the line. Um, for those of you who have also heard me talk a lot about mindfulness, mindfulness is also around training your brain and, and being aware when your mind and your thoughts and your reactions have gone into this place. So as you improve your level of mindfulness, and sometimes that's even doing things like meditation, where you're training your brain, you catch yourself quicker when you go into this place where you start to see things from this perspective. So what do we see when we're in to me? So when we're in to me, resistance and threat, we've gone below the line. You will hear these kinds of statements and I know you're going to recognize these. Um, I, you, they should, I, you, they can, I'm right. They're wrong. It's hard. I'm trying. It's not my fault. I'm confused. The truth is I have to, you made me, I'm sorry with an excuse always never. Right. So when we have these extreme ways of thinking, it's always like this, or you never do this asking a lot of why, 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 why you're not listening to me. It's no use. I give up my way or the highway. They just don't get it. Okay. So these are some of the statements. What are the behaviors that go along with this? Okay. You're holding your breath. You can even feel as you're talking through this, right? Like you are not in your body. You're holding your breath, your breath. You're getting into fight, freeze, flee. You are seeing others as needing help, right? So getting into this fix it mentality, as opposed to seeing others as naturally creative, resourceful, and whole. You're looking for ways to find fault or to blame. You're clinging to an opinion and you're arguing, you're rationalizing and justifying your point of view. There's gossip happening. You're feeling overwhelmed. You're suppressing emotions. You're using distractions to relieve the pain. So this is when we start to get into things like numbing, food, sex, drugs, media, work, shopping, all of these things as a use of a distraction instead of feeling your feelings. You're enrolling others to affirm your beliefs, right? We've seen this getting into these venting sessions. Instead of taking a step back and thinking about what can you do differently in this situation, you're finding others who are saying, yeah, you're right. I support what you're saying. And you avoid all disconfirming data. You feel very strong in your point of view. So you're continuously looking for anything that can reinforce how you feel as opposed to, okay, there might be other information that's coming in. You're not willing to see it. You have those blinders on. And then what kinds of beliefs do we have here? Well, being right is the most important thing. There is a threat to me occurring out there. There is not enough, right? So this comes from a place of scarcity. When we're in this kind of thinking, it is scarcity thinking. It feels like there's not enough. I need another person's approval. Um, safety and security come from outside of myself. So there's that lack of self-trust. I need to be in control of things I cannot control. There are only two options. Okay. So this, I see a lot with leaders, right? They're in this black and white thinker thinking it's either this or it's that, whereas there could be a many, many, many other possibilities. When we get into that black and white thinking, it's very limiting. 
Um, to get a solution, I have to be serious, right? I've seen this one. We're adulting. We're in the workplace. We're adulting. This is very serious, right? So there's no space for fun, play, creative brainstorming where so many more possibilities and options can show up. And there's also this, I'm better than less than. So these are all the beliefs, many different beliefs that are showing up when you're below the line. And you can see this does not feel empowering. Um, but the wonderful thing is these statements, these behaviors, these beliefs can change because they're all created. As we start to move to going above the line, well, what starts to shift? Now it's not, it's not happening to me. It's not about all these things are happening externally and you are powerless. No, now it's around it's happening by me. I can be responsive, curious. This is an opportunity for growth and learning. And there's a level of acceptance and trust. So what shifts here? Okay, so now the statements, you're going to notice they sound a little bit different. What can I learn from this? How is the opposite is true? I love doing this with leaders. So often we start to recognize they're noticing that they're feeling triggered. They're feeling upset. And so I ask them, so what's the story? What's the story that's going on right now? And then they get curious and we listen to the story and they recognize how often it is just a story. Humans are meaning making machines. And so you will create a story. You will create a narrative it does not mean that that narrative is true or accurate. So what does it look like to challenge the narrative and even ask yourself is the opposite of, a, of what I'm saying? Can that be just as true? How is this familiar? So you start to get into patterns, right? You are actually going through life operating in patterns, the same patterns over and over and over again. And as you start to getting more into the by me, you're actually shifting, you're noticing patterns, you're creating new patterns. And there's so much work in the, in the area of neuroplasticity um, and, and really that ability to be able to create new habits, new patterns. And what happens from a neuroplasticity is as you start to do that, you are literally changing your brain and creating new neuropathways. That's what I love so much about the neuroscience and, and what can, what can happen as you start to change patterns. We can also hear statements like, I appreciate you for, I take responsibility for this one is big. When I start to hear leaders taking responsibility for their actions, taking ownership, they are not perfect. They're not supposed to be perfect, but it's so beautiful to model to your people that you do make mistakes and apologizing when you're making mistakes and taking responsibility. Now, this is not taking responsibility to the point where you're not honoring boundaries. You take 100% responsibility of yours. This is not about taking 150% responsibility, which is when you start to take the responsibility of others. And we don't want that. You're agreeing. I agree to, I choose to, I created. How is this for me, right? How powerful is that when you start to pause and ask yourself, how is this for me? What's this here to teach me? What's the learning and the growth? what I hear you saying, right? So when somebody is, this is such an important piece of really actively listening, 
uh, when you're in conversation, when you're in dialogue with others, helping them to feel seen, heard, and validated is repeating back what you hear, what I hear you saying. You're articulating what you're hearing. And sometimes someone will say, yeah, actually, that's, that's what I mean. Or they might say, well, no, actually, what I really mean is this. So it starts to create more clarity and more healthy communication. My body sensations are so often I, I work with a lot of leaders on emotional intelligence and that's helping them get more comfortable getting in their body. So often you're operating from the neck up. So you're not noticing what those body sensations are, which again, those body sensations can be helping to get your attention because there are values, values that are very important to you that are not being honored. Your body is getting your attention to let you know, perhaps something that you're not honoring in yourself in terms of self-integrity. And then also I feel, are you giving yourself permission to feel what you're feeling in that moment? And are you sharing it with others? I feel sad, angry, scared, joyful, creative, overwhelmed, disappointed, distracted. I have a feelings wheel that I share with leaders to help them build that emotional vocabulary, because the more you can neutrally, non-judgmentally notice what you're feeling, the more you can give space for that. Now, what are some of these behaviors? Well, these healthy behaviors when you're above the line is your breathing, giving yourself space, taking those deep breaths. You are changing your posture. You're taking re responsibility. You're questioning your beliefs, you're feeling your emotions, you're listening consciously, not listening to talk, not listening to run in with whatever you want to say. You're listening to be present and to understand you are speaking unarguably. We know that difference when you're just speaking from a place of sharing. And it's not that like, we're in a debate. This is how it is. You need to understand my point of view. There's a level of presence and confidence in the way you're communicating. You're making impeccable agreements. You are showing appreciation. You're creating win for all solutions and you're creating space for play. Play in the workplace is critical. It's important. I was saying earlier, when we go below the line, we make things very serious, but as you create that freedoms for some of that play and that openness and that, um, adventure, that sense of adventure, all of that, you start to be able to see things differently. And all of a sudden that creates deeper connection, laughter, Laughter is healthy. It's contagious. It can release some of that tension. So all of those behaviors are very connected to the commitments of conscious leadership. And again, I highly recommend the book and what kind of beliefs are we have? Do we have here, right? The beliefs are, I am the creator of my well-being. There are more than two possibilities. It's valuable to question my thoughts and beliefs. My feelings are intelligent. Approval, cont control, and security are something I already have, right? So going back to that self-trust, you're not going out there. You're going back internally and recognize those inner resources that you have. All people and circumstances are my allies. That's pretty empowering. Revealing creates connection and vitality. So that's where those moments where 
You might be showing up with a place coming from a place of vulnerability, sharing that you're not feeling as comfortable in that moment, sharing that some fears are coming up for you, being authentic in your conversations and play and rest are a key to peak performance. So as you can see, these areas of conscious leadership are really about you showing up in the world, not from a place of reactivity, but from a place of responding. And I am here to tell you, this isn't something where you just snap your finger and all of a sudden, oh, I'm not going to react anymore. It just, I'm, I'm peaceful and I'm calm and I'm patient and no, no, this is not the goal here. This is a work in progress. Many of you have heard me say progress over perfection, but if you can just catch yourself in those moments where you're going below the line and then recognizing as you are getting upset and frustrated around somebody else going below the line, somebody on your team, your manager, your peer, this is an opportunity for you to not join them below the line, but instead to go above the line. What can happen is as you go and show up from that above the line presence, it can actually help them to come back up there and meet you there. And sometimes when you're above the line, you just recognize this conversation is not going to be productive in this moment because the other individual is below the line. They're in fight, flight, freeze. They're not showing up from their most resourceful self. And you in a very calm way say, you know what? It, it doesn't seem like this is the best time to have a conversation. Let's regroup. Let's talk in a couple of hours or why don't you take some time to sleep on it? Why don't we have this conversation tomorrow? But that's from a much more empowered place. You're making a choice. And all of this really is about choice to be a conscious leader is a choice. And it's you're choosing that, you know what, this reactivity and this going below the line, it is not serving me. It's not healthy. It doesn't allow me to show up how I want to show up in the world. It doesn't allow me to be the leader that I want to be. And I'm choosing, I'm choosing to actually uh, do something different. I'm going to leverage other resources that I have. I'm going to challenge my way of thinking, and I'm going to commit to creating new habits, new behavior patterns. And what does this, what does this lead to? This leads to deeper relationships, more connection with yourself, more connection with others, being able to solve some problems. You have much more creative problem solving. So you can also actually come up to solutions with something perhaps you've been struggling with. This allows you to innovate. This allows you to go into organizations and come from a place of possibilities with your team, with your peers, with your managers. And then start to think about, you know, if I'm really engaging from this place, from this sense of from above the line, what else is possible for me? You know, who do I want to be as a leader? How do I want to engage with my team members and teach them these concepts as well as what does it look like for them to stay above the line? And how does that help to create high performing teams, high high performing organizations that are sustainable and that are coming from a place of well-being. Um, I would love, love, love to hear from you. What resonated most with what I shared today when it comes to conscious leadership? I always really, really appreciate hearing from um, hearing from 
audience members, hearing from listeners to the podcast around what's really resonating with you. And if you enjoyed this discussion, please share with others. You can subscribe, you can subscribe to future episodes on my website. Uh, and if you're on Apple podcasts, I love a review as you give reviews. What it actually does is it helps to get the podcast in front of more people. And as all of, you know, I'm super, super passionate about this message. I think that we can create more human workplaces, the world, our communities, our families, they all need this. And as you transform, you transform those around you, you transform those relationships. And that leads to more fulfillment, purpose, and meaning in your life, both personally and professionally. As always, uh, no, no matter where you are in the world, I'm saying good morning, good afternoon, good evening, sending tons of love. Bye-bye. Please remember that meaningful change requires space and grace. Practice self-compassion and become the ripple. As you transform yourself, you transform your workplace and the people around you.